Welcome to the Star Trek Warp Top 10 Podcast, the podcast that comes at you every episode with a new Star Trek Top 10. As always, I am your co-host, Phil Rizzo, and as always, I am joined by... As always, Luke Boyle. Hey, Peldor Joy, Luke Boyle, how are you? Ah, Peldor Joy, uh, back to you. Yeah, is I that, guess... Uh, is, that, is that Bajoran? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're at the Gratitude Festival. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah. Just don't right. get any ideas, and uh, you know you don't need to kiss me to show me your gratitude. Okay. Um. Well, maybe when we see each other in person, finally. <laughs> yeah. No promises. Yeah. God, it's been a while, mm. hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh. So hopefully, hopefully soon. I think I think we're coming to the end of of this dreaded thing that we call. Oh, we sure are. The last I, I went year to the and a half. Movies the other day. How how great that oh, felt. Oh wow! Nice. So, that's so that's amazing. that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. But we're talking Trek here. That's what we're talking. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this up, we're looking at the, uh, we're going to do this, the top 10 uh, species. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, me too. So, uh, you know what? <laughs> Just a couple quick, a uh, couple quick little, little notes here. Uh, well, one note I have, and this has nothing to do with anything except the fact that I'm old. Uh, it occurs to me <laughs> that, and I should say it occurred to me as I was watching a Next Gen episode uh, the other day that. Patrick Stewart was my age when he began playing Captain Picard. Oh, come on. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Come on. Is that really true? He's 81. He was born in 1940. Next Gen began in 87. Yeah. He was 46 when he accepted the role, I assume, and he began playing it at 47. I mean, you know, (sighs) give or take where his birthday is. Um, I'm 46. Just saying. Okay. I, I got nothing. Crazy? I got nothing. That's crazy, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm literally speechless. He never seemed like he was in his 40s. He always seemed like he was in his late 50s. Yeah. When the, when the, at minimum, yeah. when the show started, right? Yeah, I would say, I'd say like mid, mid 50s at minimum. Yeah. R- mm-hmm. Right. He was 47. Wow. Yeah, so. I mean, obviously the, 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 the gray hair and, and, and the extreme baldness. Um, just sure. makes you think that uh, maybe a little he's, older. He's older, yeah. But wow, oh my god, that that really struck me. I yeah. wasn't quite ready for that. I was watching. I was like, wait a minute. I wonder how old he was. You know what? Because I was watching the uh, the Rascals episode where they uh, he becomes a little kid mm-hmm. again. Him, Guy, and Keiko and Roe. Yeah, the little, little rascals. Um, and I was like, it's interesting. How how old was Patrick Stewart when he started? And I just started thinking about age, and and then I you yeah. know then I looked that up, uh, put the phone down, and. Stared out the window for two or three hours just thinking about life and how horrible it all is. It's just and wonderful, do. though. And wonderful. At the oh, it's time. We, we get Am to I talk right? about Star Trek, man, and that's, that's, that's there we fine. Go. I'm all kidding right. around. Bring it it struck me, but you Bring know, it, it is what it is. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, walk, let's walk the depression back. Let's, <laughs> let's let everybody enjoy. Well, see, last episode, we laughed the whole time. We're just, we're going to kind of cry and uh, yeah. fill this, this, is fill this be... pod with melancholy yeah. and, and sullenness. It's going to be bad. Yeah, it sounds sounds perfect to me. <laughs> no, no, no. We're gonna have some fun. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking species. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I say we just dive right in. What, what do you think? 
I say go for it and you start. As usual, just a quick um, quick. how did I choose my list. I, I, I like putting that out there sometimes. Uh, so thinking about this, it ended up for me being, you know, okay, so what Star Trek species would I kind of most want to be a part of is how it ended up being huh. um, okay. being my deciding factor. You know, yes, there's the the impact it's had on Star Trek in general, uh, the, the species. Uh, you could go that route. You could go, um, you know, just – yeah, what species are cool, what species, you know. But really, it, it occurs to me I ended up sort of, you know, okay, that's I like that about this species. That would be intriguing. I wouldn't mind being a part of that. Or it yeah. ended up being kind of what I respected about that species. So that's kind of how I how I picked it, what I respected about the species and kind of how I saw myself fitting into a species like that. That's, that's what I fascinating. List. Yeah, wow. I, I didn't yeah. really – it was it was an, an odd one to sort of try to break down because you know I only started yeah, with yeah. fifteen or so species. Um, I mean, obviously there's a lot more cool ones than that, but I, I kind of knew yeah. I put my fifteen down. I was all right. I'm going to sort of whittle this down to ten. Right, right. That's um, yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, a- as usual, I had almost no conscious uh, thought in my mind <laughs> while doing this or anything else uh, in life, but probably just. <laughs> what it usually is for me is just what's cool. That's um, that's, that's half the things what I, I do. What I love. That makes sense to me. It also makes sense for our, you know, our. Um, that is how that is how it's gone so far. Like I like that. I like that dynamic. I like that. You know, you kind of, you kind of. It's a lot of intuition um, with how yeah. you sort of uh, pick pick your top ten. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and believe me, I, I don't I don't open up books and you know do hours of research on it. Um, but it turns out the way that I'm picking my own top tens is interesting to me. I don't know if it's interesting to anybody else, but I'm, I'm finding it interesting how it's sort of, you know, falling into place in my head. So that's that's why I bring it up. Cool. All right. I'm ready with number 10. Should I go? Go. All right. So I have no idea how, how much we're going to overlap on this one. I imagine we're going to have some species that overlap, but let's oh, just let go. Oh, let me say. Number- I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I will just say uh, up front that um, – I did try to veer away from the very obvious ones, just mm. for, just for that, perp- that that reason alone in and of itself. No, no other um, specific reason. But that does throw off our our bet a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you remember or not, but we I was saying I think <laughs> we were gonna have like five or six that overlapped because there's just a finite amount of important species in Trek. Yeah. But yeah. If you're taking if you're taking the route that you just mentioned, then maybe we won't have so many. Yeah, that's oh now I'm really intrigued. I don't remember that bet. I still don't know what you're talking about, but I love it. Um, well, I guess I'm, in order to be a bet, there'd be money involved. There wasn't, so I don't know what I'm talking okay. about. But a or, gentleman's yeah, bet, no. I suppose it was. <laughs> okay, a I'm still betting bet. we'll have we'll have five. Do- <laughs> that's a doctor's bet. <laughs> All right, um, so let's let's just rock this and see what happens. So my okay. number ten are the Betazoids. Um Nice. So, yeah, so introduced on Next Generation, you know, Counselor Troy. Uh, so these guys, they could sense emotion. They could use telepathy with each other and sometimes with, um, you know, other species if they teach them how to do it. We know that Troy and her Imzadi, Riker, can can telepathically talk to each other. Um, so certainly something they didn't do as much as you think they would have um, <laughs> given all the True. trouble situations they had. Yeah. You gotta watch out for those trouble situations. What am I talking about? <laughs> All the situations they had on the ship, emergencies, that kind of thing. You think they want to talk more, you know? Uh, so I think that's really cool. I think uh, I think the idea of being able to sense other people's emotions in any situation would be a huge advantage. Uh, mm. Telepathy would be a cool thing to be a part of. Uh, and you know, thinking about 
the Betazoids in general, you know, they're just, they kind of have their heads together. I like that. A lot of them are the very nice, very gentle people. Um, and they're females in menopause. Apparently, they get crazy horny. So that's never bad either. So Is that true? Yeah. That is true. I, oh, yeah, I didn't Lox, know that was like a... Loxana went through, uh, went through yeah. her heat. You know, where, um, <laughs> her her sex drive was like quadrupled during uh, menopause. Yeah, she even wanted to marry the warp core. That's right. She wanted to marry the warp core. <laughs> and you only do that if you're menopause, if, if your sex drive is just quadrupled. So... <laughs> That 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 ain't Sorry. not bad, huh? So you know that that's yeah. pretty cool. Crazy. So there's always always some excitement. Yeah, I assumed in, it was just her. I, I, I assume I assumed that that uh, it was just you know a characteristic of, of her character. Uh, well, she's a horn dog. We working. know that. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's all betazoids. They go through it. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Right. So betazoids number ten. Let's kick it off there. All right. My number ten. Pulling from um, the uh, newer uh, series uh, from Discovery, the Ba'ul. Uh, so they are the uh, species that lords over the species known as the Kelpians, um, which is the species that uh, Saru belongs to. Um, I I thought this was they were fascinating because first of all, the show really um, played up. Um, just, just the fear, like very, the fear that the Kelpians have of them, because basically, uh. Kelpians had never um, seen them. Like no one, no living Kelpian had, had uh, who's part of of their society, right. has ever seen a Bowel. They just know them through their technology. Um, they know that they uh, can come and and just whisk them away um, at moments' oh. notice. Horrifying. And yeah, and 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 they, the Kelpians uh, were basically taught that um that the baul are uh are, are doing are, are giving them mercy killing at the time of of uh what are they i can't remember what they what they're called it but basically um just like a reaping kind of of uh, kelpians mm, of a certain right. age and they started to like lose their minds at that certain age so they thought they were being like kind of mercy killed by these overlords it turns out wow. yeah none of that uh was really true and, and the kelpians um used to hunt the, the baul and, and the baul uh got more technology and um uh they just became technologically advanced to the point where they were able to overpower the kelpians and they keep wow. them in check this way so that is, so that's great yeah it's just like it, it just really kind of like i said play it up this whole mythology around them um and we don't see them for a long time when we finally do, and this is kind of the main reason I think I picked them for this spot, was um, they were terrifying. Um, they yeah. were when when they show the individual, um, he, it's kind of he kind of like rises out of a pool of liquid. Yeah, I remember. And he's, <laughs> he's, he's all uh, like black and oily, and um, uh, almost like <laughs> the the, uh, the the oil slick that that. Uh, yeah, Armus um, that killed Tasha Yar. That, that killed Yar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Agreed. Uh, but 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 complete one eighty in terms of actually being scary. Um, <laughs> right. It was kind of right. scary actually back then. But yeah. So so these guys and they show them and and they're they're the way they move and their voice is just real. I'm, it was really nice and refreshing to uh, to for for um, you know to see a, a species that is more than just like a humanoid with you know 
extra ridges in their forehead or, or whatever. For sure. Yeah. Um, almost like a, almost like a Shellyak vibe. Uh, you know, um, yeah, yeah. You, you remember, okay. You remember the Shellyak? Yeah. So it's yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Right. Totally. Totally. Um, so anyway, thought there was, it was pretty cool. Um, nice. and, and I thought about, um, I'm not going to get into it. I've already been babbling about the bull, um, Baul. For, for this long, but but I, I I thought about whether I wanted to include Kelpians as 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 an item in my list as well because their whole thing um, is really fascinating and 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 what they learn about themselves and and the bowel uh, throughout the totally. course of the series. Totally. But uh, I figured I'd just put them as like a uh, little footnote for this for this. Uh, yeah, item you get in to talk list. about them, and certainly I consider yeah. the Kelpians too. You know, we'll see if they're on my list, but they're they're you know it's fascinating. And who doesn't love yeah. Saru? What a great character. Love Saru. Seriously. Love him. Doug Jones is, is really great. It's a, yeah, it's a yeah. great character. Yeah. And seeing them you sort of overcome that fear was was great too, you know. Yep. yep. It's actually a theme we'll, 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 we're going to revisit again um, on my list. So that's kind of cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my number nine, <laughs> and, I, you know, this is – I don't know if this is breaking <laughs> the rules or not, but, okay. yeah, it's uh, it's humans. That's correct. Um Borg designation species five six one eight, and I, wow. I have some Borg designations just for fun. Uh, That's awesome. So yeah, so they didn't find humans until five six one eight. So here's what I want to say about wow. humans. Obviously, humans in the twenty fourth century, um, or in the twenty third century, depending on which show you're into, what era you want to talk about. So I mean, it's it's not just inspiring that we've sort of gotten over all of our problems that we have on Earth, and that we've sort of created this utopia on Earth. Um, but just the fact that, uh, that, you know, we've helped create this vast empire, you know, this vast, um, federation. It's, it's, it's quite an accomplishment. But really, as a species, just the idea, and obviously, you know, if I was, uh, an alien putting a list together, I probably wouldn't have humans on there. But since I'm human, <laughs> I'm a little biased. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. So, you know, I, I really enough. feel like that as a species, the idea of just, just bettering yourself, you know, that, that's kind of your goal. You know, you pursue what you want to pursue, you do what you want to do, and your overall goal is the betterment, as Jake Sisko put it, the betterment of yourself and all of humanity. Um, mm. I mean, how does that work? As Nog wanted to, you know, know as well, like, it's, <laughs> it's a little murky how that really works. There's no money, there's no, uh, you know, like, yeah. you know, do you have to do your job if you get up in the morning, if you accept the job, or can't you just kind of, right. you know, right. Uh, you know, so, so again, we don't really know the rules. And you and I actually have talked about on this pod how Earth is the utopia, not necessarily the Federation. Like, not every Federation right, world right. is sort of the Eden that Earth, you know, has become. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a testament to, in the Star Trek universe, humans, really, um, to quickly Good sort point. of get over what their, um, you know, what their shortcomings were for centuries and centuries, what our shortcomings were. Uh, <laughs> it's just yeah. cool to see to see humanity in that light. And humans really do drive, and again, it's because it's a Star Trek show, but if we're speaking completely <laughs> universally in, in the Star Trek universe, uh, humans really have their hand in everything. Um, yeah. They drive the Federation forward, really. Even though the Vulcans, you know, another founding member of the Federation, you know, were, were there first with right. space travel and, you know, uh, intellectual pursuits. It's interesting that, you know, that humans have such a big part of, uh, of what's going on in the Alpha Quadrant and beyond. So, yeah, I felt that yeah, kind that's, of cool that's to throw a good humans point. in Even there. in, the, um, even in the, uh, the Enterprise era, the Enterprise, the show, uh, when they, they are technically – you mentioned the, the Vulcans, but, yeah, they are very much like kind of behind the ball or, be, you know, behind the Vulcans uh, in everything. Yeah. Um, 
but even in that position, they are clearly pushing the envelope more than the Vulcans ever did. And obviously there's reasons for that and, you know, logic versus an emotion and, and, and whatnot. But, um, uh. but, uh, yeah. And like you said, it's because people who make the show are human. Um, <laughs> I, I think, but, but it, yeah, that is really, it is really cool to think about that. That's us. Yeah. So we're in the Star Trek universe. Us. So yeah. So that's yeah. humans are my number nine. My number nine, um, completely probably the opposite uh, end of the spectrum from humans is uh, the Jem'Hadar. Okay. Um, the foot soldiers of, of the Dominion. Um, they were uh, de- genetically designed and, and I guess um, like actually um, created individually um, like as clones or, or, or something by... Mm by the dominion right by either the founders or um yeah the, um, they're not birthed right the, so right and uh yeah just it's very cool i just i think it's a very cool um concept uh the fact that they are designed to be missing like a a, a crucial um enzyme in in their genetic makeup huh. um and and so they're, they're reliant uh, very much so on uh, uh, on the Vorta and, and the Dominion for uh, for the white, which gives them their uh, that enzyme that keeps them alive. Yeah, um, that's that's a really cool concept and in it's terms of like, you know, the writing. Way to keep control. Yeah, it really is. I mean, obviously, there's there's very obvious parallels um, with uh, drug addiction. Sure. Uh, you know, in, in humans, but but this even takes it like a step way step further and, and that's just it's not just an addictive drug it's 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 literally keeping them alive <laughs> it's yeah it's crazy i uh, one thing that i, I meant to <laughs> research because i was curious about it, just thinking around to it um but like uh don't, they they typically they mature into like full-grown like adults in a matter of days yeah is that right that's correct Do you know yeah uh when odo wow. found um a baby jemadar um in the abandoned episode uh, mm. episode, uh i want to say season Sounds vaguely familiar. Um, season four, yeah. Okay. Um, he grew very quickly into a rowdy teenager. <laughs> <laughs> was he? Uh, was he r- less or more rowdy than uh, Alexander? I, you know so. what? He, more as a obviously. teenager. Yeah. Oh, as a teenager, teenage Alexander was kind of moody. He wasn't really rowdy, right? He was sort of just like <laughs> yeah, that's true. Young Alexander and, and was clumsy, a little more right? raucous than uh, than teenage Alexander. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right. But no, he, right. He, the the Jemadar was definitely a Jemadar. Like he, you know, he kind of grew up, and Odo sort of tried to teach him, you know, to he doesn't have to fight. You know, you don't. That's not the only thing you you you're you born to do. But he kind of couldn't escape mm-hmm. who he was. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. That was Very a good cool. little episode. A good, a good actor playing the Jemadar, too. I wish I knew his name. Huh. <clears throat> I don't. All right. Well, so now my number nine. All right. That's good. Yeah. You know, the Jemadar are, uh, are fascinating. Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Definitely. They were on the original list for sure. We'll see if they're in the big list. So, oh, boy. Yeah, ooh, everyone can't wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny. Like, like it, we got you hooked te- yet? Tease it like my number six is going to blow people's minds, you know? <laughs> wait till you hear this humans like come on also is it not hilarious that like as, as as egocentric as you know humans are because humans wrote star trek i still only put it at number nine like humans are not number one they're number nine i like eight fictitious species more than on my own just let's let's keep that out there i love it yeah so my number eight is uh the bajorans 
or the Bajura, yes. as they're sometimes called. Um, oh, really? Maybe that's a, a different plural form. Uh, but yeah. def- early on in Deep Space Nine, they definitely referred. To- oh no, I'm sorry. You know, it was in the Ensign Row episode, the origin of Bajorans, right, where right. Um, I can't remember his name, but the person who they thought was the bad guy, quote unquote, in that episode, referred to them. You know, that was an act break. It was not the Bajora. So that's definitely, definitely sometimes referred to that, but neither here nor there. Yeah, it gets to me as a people, the Bajora, like, yeah, like not not plural individuals would be probably Bajorans, but then like the people, the the race as a whole might be Bajora. There you go. That's right. Interesting. And and you know what? And for kidding around as far as that episode goes, as far as like, but they nailed most of the stuff down about Bajorans, like in, in, in that one episode. It's pretty amazing what they got accomplished. So true. With, so uh, true. with Ensign yeah. Rowe, season five. So Michelle Forbes, just a quick little thing, talking about that. So I, I think I've mentioned this. Yeah. So I, she was actually offered the role of Kira, but she, she turned it down. That's right. You did mention yeah, that. Yeah. Really, yeah. really fascinating. That, that, that's how sort of, and the only reason I'm bringing that up is because that's how sort of quickly the species was, um, took hold. They knew they wanted a Bajoran on D Space Nine. Um, character, a species that they just sort of created for one episode on Next Gen mm-hmm. became like such a major character on Deep Space Nine. That actually happens yeah. again uh, later in the list as well. So uh, stop teasing your list, Phil. All right. So <laughs> so Bajoran, so they have this long, rich spiritual heritage, right? Uh, in right. that same episode, Picard said that, um, and again, I'm you know paraphrasing, but Bajorans were artisans and architects when humans were not yet standing erect. I love that line. Like that really, uh, that hit home for yeah. me when I first time I saw it. And I was like, wow, like that's, not only does that speak to the long history of, of, of the Bajorans, but the fact that they, they were, you know, had their act together so much to accomplish all of that so quickly. But now they're going through this, you know, this horribleness. This was just after, yeah. you know, the occupation had ended. Um, so, right. yeah, so, so there's so much there, you know. Um, and obviously there's, there's parallels you could make to, you know, real life. Um, cultures, uh, you know, there, uh, we won't get into that, but you know, so, so, so there's, there's a little intrigue there for me as far as sure. history goes as well. Um, here's what's yeah. cool about them. Hey, listen to this. Here's what's cool about the Bajorans. They have actual <laughs> gods that look out for them. Think about that. Right. Sign up for that no, species. Yeah. It's like the, 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 the only proof of existence of, uh, of, of any supernatural, um, deities. Right, it's it's um, the founders for the Vorta, right? And it's and the Japanese, right? And it's the, sure, the, the, sure, the, yeah, okay. <laughs> and the um, I can't think of the names. The wormhole aliens, as humans call them, not only do they have access to their, and they have access to the gods. By the way, they can just go visit the right. gods at the celestial temple whenever they want. So not only do they have access Amazing. to the gods, but they have access to the orbs that were left by the gods. So hey, so they they have gods, and they also have these 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 orbs that can do anything. They can help you travel back in time. They can help you see prophecies. They can do so the orb of contemplation, the orb of time, the orb of – I mean, it, it's so cool. So they got all these religious relics that are actually from their gods that they can kind of – you know, that helps shape this, this you know, this culture and this this faith. Really fascinating. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So the Bajorans, they've been around forever. Super nice people. They should have gotten their technology and their weaponry together, but they kind of didn't do that. <laughs> so, you know what? Hey, maybe that's why they're number eight on my list. But, uh, you know, but they're really intriguing. You know, I always loved what um, Michelle Forbes did with the character. I love what, you know, um, totally. Nana Visitor does with the character. Never said that name out loud, by the mm-hmm. way. I have no clue if I'm saying that the right way. Nana Visitor. I'm I, I just realizing I never heard it spoken, yeah, actually. Yeah, I heard someone say so Nana I don't know. once. So I think I got that right. But uh, I always think just, I guess, Nana. As yeah, in, like, I mean, that, that, that's my, what you my, say you know, in my your grandma? head when you read it. Because, right. 
but I'm pretty sure yeah. it's Nana. Huh. Pretty sure. We're gonna go huh. with that. Um, and you know what? Can I bring this up too? I, I've had I've always had a question about the Bajoran name thing. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up right now. Let's First and let's last, stop the yeah. presses and talk about this bad boy. So when Ro Laren was on the show, her, her name is Ro Laren. Picard referred to her as right. Ensign Laren, and she corrected it him right. and said, "Hey, you know Bajorans." You know, take the first name as their last, blah, 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 you know. So they mm-hmm. all called her Ensign Roe. Now, she also did mention that most modern-day Bajorans have adopted the wrong way to say their name to sort of assimilate. You know, she does not do that. Right. So my question to right. you is, her name yeah. is Kira Norris. Is that correct? Yes. So assuming – uh, I'm sorry. Her name is Kira Norris. That's correct. Yeah, go ahead. But assuming she's adopted, the, adopted her name the same way Roe Laren did. She should be referred to as Major Kira, which she is. Okay. Which she is. No problem. But right. I've heard characters refer to her in a first name vein as Kira, and when they really want to get sensitive about it, as Nerys. Odo, for example, yeah. started calling her Nerys more yeah. towards the end of the show because he was sort of intimately sure. involved with her. Now, I've never once heard anyone call Ro Laren. So I was always bugged by that. So hmm. – Huh. So then, do we never see anyone who is close to her, as closer as 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 some are with with uh, Kira? Not really, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she I never sort so. of. I mean, the closest person she got to was Picard, like you know, in in, in a father daughter type right. relationship. Um, the only right. time it may have come up, and I can't remember specifically, but there was the Gambit episode. I'm sorry, the um, preemptive strike episode where she eventually betrays Picard and goes back to the. Or goes to the Maquis. Mm-hmm. Um, right. The, there may have been something in there where he kind of... But I, I could have sworn he never said, you know, Laren, you know, what are you doing? Whereas I've yeah, heard I Bashir and Odo both go, Nerys, you know, Definitely. give me a break. Yeah. So I was always confused by that. I'm just putting that out there. If anybody has any um, has an answer for that, let me know. I, I honestly, I never did much research yeah, on it, but in my head it's always been rolling around. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say that um, we've never seen anyone who... Who we would expect to call her by um, her familiar name, or rather her not familial name, but her her given name. But they both count, like you know, just as gently. That's my guess. I'd be saying yeah. you know Kira, or I'd be saying Norris. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. Anyway, fascinating. That was a little rant for you, um, and that was my number eight, Bajorans. All right, my number eight, the Trill. Oh, good one. Um, obviously, the uh, most famous being. Uh, Dax, um, Jetsia Dax from Deep Space Nine. Uh, yeah, so there are species who take on um, a symbiote yeah. creature. They're just called a symbiote as far as I understand. S- I, I, symbiote um, or symbiont? Actually, I think it's symbiont. Symbiont? In Star Trek. Symbiote is a certainly symbi- probably the correct scientific term, but I'm pretty sure it's symbiont. That's how they say it anyway, right? So, yeah. Or is there an N in there? Is it symbiote? You know what? That is great. Uh, Let me check that, that is out. Great. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> you check it out while I'm talking. Yeah. And you know, don't listen to what – don't pay attention to me. Um, but yeah, so so I what I didn't know it at, for a while is that um, all trill do not have a symbiote. Some symbiote. It, it um, is symbiont. With an N. S-Y-M-B-I-A-N-T. Okay. Symbiont. All right. So, um, yeah, thanks a lot for that, Phil. <laughs> um, You're right. All trills don't so, all have a symbiont. I'll get you back on track there, buddy. Right. Yeah, right. Um, so, apparently only like a very small fraction of them do. So, so they're still known as, as 
uh, trill, uh, whether or not they have a symbiont. Um, yeah, it's true, right? Trill but, does not uh, define that relationship, I guess, then. The trill are right. just part of the symbiotic relationship. Right. Interesting. Um, so what's fascinating, um, obviously, is that uh, the humanoid uh, part of that, of that uh, pairing, they take on the memories and... Uh, even the personality, uh, certain personality characteristics um, of past hosts. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, humanoid hosts. Um, again, most famously, uh, Jetsia Dax is uh, her previous host um, was good friends with Cisco. Yeah, Curzon, um, sure. Curzon, right. And, and hence uh, Cisco <laughs> referring to her always as uh, old man. Old man. Uh, which I love because it's almost like, it's almost like a not an inside joke per se, but um, if you come in and out of the show, you know, like if if you're not intimately familiar with everything, and and uh, you have Cisco calling uh, this young woman old man, um, it, it's few and far between when uh, that you might actually catch why that is. I love it. Uh, I remember my father explaining that to me actually. Right. I oh, jumped nice, on nice. Deep Space, uh, sort of you know in 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 the middle, sort of, and. Uh, Mm-hmm. And uh, before I went back and caught up, he you know he explained it to me. He's like, "Yeah, this is because blah, blah, blah. I was like, ah, it's kind of cool." Yeah, it's a nice little, uh, nice little thing. I always liked it when he called it that inside thing. It was, it was, right. it was yeah. a good job. Totally, <laughs> that, that was that was some good writing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the more recent um, uh, example of, of, of Trill is in uh, Discovery, where we have uh, the new character Adira, whose uh, deceased boyfriend. Uh, I think his name was Gray. Mm. He was a trill. Um, he died unexpectedly, and Adira took on his symbiont. Mm, right. Sim, 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 symbiont. Symbiont. Um, symbiont. <laughs> Man. <laughs> um, but uh, so what's fascinating is is that Adira is uh, human, um, and they were the only one who uh, could take the uh, the symbiont from gray before gray died so love, long story short idea. isn't it yeah it's, it's just, i just like i love how they take it just a step further the whole you know this one species let's 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 advance um the narrative and and, and the lore about this species absolutely um with these individuals um so what's crazy is that adira sees and it can actually talk to gray and from what i understand um and i think what we've ever scene um is that a trill can can kind of they just they just uh embody um and they, their they, past they sense them right like they they sort of have a, they, a sense right. of their personality and they know that it becomes part of theirs right um so this is this is kind of a, a new take where adira actually sees uh gray even though he is dead um interesting i mean because because it's it's the closest we saw before that was when Jadzia, um, I can't remember what the name of the ritual was, but when she went through, she was able to, all, all, all joint trills are able to speak to their past hosts at some mm-hmm. point, uh, once in their lives. At that point, in the during the ritual, right? Yeah, so yeah, their friends right, right. Mm-hmm. embody their past hosts, so they have a chance to actually interact with them. So we got a glimpse of that in, right. in third season of DS9, but yeah, it was really cool to see Very true, Adira, yeah. Adira go through that. And uh, from what I understand, well, there, there's a lot more to come with with uh, their character and 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 how and with Gray, uh, their dead boyfriend. Yeah, so we'll see. You know, uh, they're going to be a big part of uh, season four, I would imagine. Yeah, that that's what I've heard actually. Yeah, so that'd, that'd be, I'm interested that'd be good to, stuff. to see. Yeah, 
Trill. Good one. All right. So my number seven, the Ferengi. <laughs> you heard me. Species 180. Think about that for a second. There was only the 180 really? species that the Borg assimilated. Um, wow. Not that it took much technology to you know conquer them, but uh, <laughs> not that they conquered the whole A few Latin race, bars. But, yeah, right, right, right. I guess the Ferengi really have their hands in everything. Like, like we mentioned in a past – you mentioned in a past pod that Ferengi were, were sort of reaching out to the Dominion before we even know what the Dominion was for lucrative yeah, opportunities. Right. And now, you know, now clearly they tried to sell, you know, tulaberry wine to the Borg and they regretted it, I guess. So uh, <laughs> so the Ferengi species 180. So, yeah. So the first time they were seen is in the last outpost, um, you know, Next Generation Season 1. I think it was episode, you know, 7, 8, something like that. So, I mean, yeah, so these guys, they're mainly a joke when they're on the show until Quark sort of gave them some sort of, um, you know, a little bit of weight and depth to the character. They were pretty much a joke sure. on Next Gen and uh, Voyager for that matter. Um, but I'm glad that they really got, you know, a fleshed out backstory on Deep Space. Uh, but not just Quark, but, you know, Quark, Rom, Nog, you know, anyone who really played a, mm-hmm. played a, a Ferengi on Deep Space, you know, really did a good job. Um, right down to Zach yeah. and Moogie and, you know, Cousin Gala and all, all the actors. They had a lot of fun <laughs> with it. But they are fun. Yeah. They are a hilarious sort of parody of, you know, capitalistic America, right? Like, they're clearly a product of, like, the Reagan <laughs> era, you know? Um, just, right? I mean, this is 1987, right? When, when, yeah. when we first see yeah. Ferengi. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, clearly sure. that's what they're going for. It's funny, you know, if you compare a species, yeah. you know, uh, on the, on, in the Star Trek universe, you know, to, to real life, you know, sort of culture, you kind of have no choice but to, you yeah. know, see the Ferengi as, you know, the worst parts of capitalistic America. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. That being said, you know, their society completely accepts the rules of acquisition. You know, they, um, they sort of embrace, you know, what they, uh, what they are and, you know, which I love. And they're, they're prideful. Like they have pride in who they are. Um, mm-hmm. but this mm-hmm. is clearly one of those picks where I don't want to be a Ferengi. I just like, <laughs> the humor of the Ferengi. I like the idea that they're pretty, um, they're pretty into themselves. Um, they're not going to change. They're dug in, <laughs> and uh, and they are what they are. Uh, quick side note: so a couple uh, episodes ago, I mentioned that we hadn't really seen the Ferengi other than the episode "Suspicions," where Crusher was trying yeah. to help out a scientist. On Next Gen, we hadn't really seen the Ferengi uh, since the third season. But I was dead wrong again. This Rascals episode, I completely forgot yeah. that that was the Ferengi. In the Klingon ships that, that that took over the Enterprise. So, oh wow, shame I forgot on that me. too. Yeah, also, I mean, I haven't revisited that episode as many times. It's not one of my favorites. Um, you know, the Rascals <laughs> episode. So, hence the way I keep saying Rascals. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not that into that episode. But it was in the sixth season, you know. So I should have uh, should have remembered that. Um, so just a quick note about that. Ferengi were around in season Good six, catch. though. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the Ferengi. You know, they're a lot of fun. So number seven's Ferengi. Yeah. <laughs> Great number seven. Yeah. My number seven, the Talosians. Oh, okay. Um, uh, they have the distinction of being the uh, very first alien um, antagonists um, on Star Trek. Uh, they were, of course, in uh, the pilot, uh, the Cage, gotcha, gotcha. Um, right, right, right. with Captain Pike. So they're 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 they basically, um, from what I remember, there's a f- only a few of their species left. Um, they suffered like a nuclear holocaust, their entire species. So uh, there's a few left and, and they have these, and you know, maybe actually the, the nuclear, uh, like the radioactive aspect of that. I never, I don't know if I knew this or not. And if I'm just making this up, but I think that's what 
um, at least helped cause their abilities. Um, sounds familiar, actually. Yeah, it does, right? I've only seen it once, but I haven't just watched it sort of recently. Yeah, that sounds familiar to me. Yeah. So they basically can project um, and experience uh, completely fabricated realities mm. uh, all with their minds. And they can project them into other uh, other people's minds. Pretty, pretty um, darn cool. So, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so they basically, um, they, they kind of just took individuals from, from various species, um, who happened upon their planet and, and just kind of like kept them <laughs> and just like gave them this, this, like, you know, th- these realities that they lived in, um, and didn't even know it necessarily at first. Um, but what's, in- what's interesting is when, when they, they learn that humans don't like to be, um, in captivity mm. um and then they're like oh okay you're free to go interesting <laughs> right kind of like if i remember yeah i mean it's been a while since since i watched um that episode um very very intriguing species and very um very classic sci-fi um which i love uh the very first like i said uh alien antagonist we we, we see in star trek um a lot of classic sci-fi uh, tropes there, but but in a good way, no uh, doubt. Uh, the big the big heads, just the, you know the big heads, that means yeah. Telepathy and you know uh, right, they're they're right, yeah. Just having like almost magical um, <laughs> powers, um, yeah. So so they're they're cool just for that, um, being the first and 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 uh, being very science fictiony like. You know, you know, almost like 50s science fiction. For sure, the, the first alien. That's it's so cool. Yeah. Made me think, to um, like, you know, think about it in that in that vein. Yeah, and then uh, so so like I said, they they kind of like um, are okay with like letting their quote unquote prisoners go when they really. Is that what happened at the end? You said, yeah, you said that. I I, I couldn't quite remember. I think if that's, so. If that's what happened. I I mean, I, I take your word over that for next gen um, for original series for sure. But, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't know for sure if they let them go for that reason. Like if they mm-hmm. were just like, oh, okay, you can go. Um, but I know that they learned in that episode kind of from, from Pike and, and them uh, that uh, they don't like the captivity and that, and they didn't, they didn't know that before. I remember I, I hated that woman. Oh my God. The, the main alien, the main Thelosian. Oh, who was she? Oh, I don't know the actress. I'm just like, she was just, just the way she just oh, stared oh, at him, not yeah. moving her lips, just, you know. Yeah, talking at him and yes. he goes, oh man, so matter of fact, scary. you know, like very scary. Yeah, he was just yeah. an animal that, that in, in her cage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's unnerving, actually. Hey, hence the episode now. Well, I get it now. Um. Gosh, <laughs> now it makes sense. It makes total sense now. <laughs> you opened my eyes. Thank you. No, that's a good one. That's really good. <laughs> um, and yeah, and 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 so, also, we get to see them again in Discovery. Um, no, yeah, right. Oh my gosh, and, uh, and in the menagerie, and, 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 in a yeah. different way. Right, right. Yeah, I won't get into all that. I'm sure no. all our listeners are familiar with that <laughs> craziness. But, um, but, uh, but I will say about that is that they basically gave uh, Pike um, like a perfect life, kind of uh, an illusory, uh, yeah. perfect life. When yeah. after he's completely disabled, so that nice, nice, blinky um, blonde and, and, uh, and a love. off and running, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, was, Who's real? She's real. I forgot Leela. She's real. Like her Leela? appearance was just altered, right? So she Not was Leela. real, but like they kept her appearance yes. as an illusion. Yes, yes, and his. So it kind of worked out for everybody. Indeed. Excellent. All right. Number seven. My number six. It is the Borg. 
All right. So, All right. yeah. So, All right. you know, the Borg, we, we, we've talked a lot about the Borg on this pod. Everyone listening to this, I'm sure, knows the Borg. Um, you know, they're interested in, um, they, I'm sorry, they uh, were introduced in, uh, you know, the second uh, season, Next Gen, Q Who. So, basically, mm-hmm. this is not a, you know, there's not a lot here, you know, to really go over. Really, for me, the Borg, they're like, they're one unit striving towards perfection. They have unlimited resources, unlimited knowledge from, from you know, species. We know so far at least 5,000 species, but it's a lot more than that. It's like over 10,000 species. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What, a, what a concept. Uh, you know, we talked about the menace of the Borg, but just, just, just the idea of, you know, what being a Borg is. Obviously, you're stripped of your individuality, but um, there is something appealing about, you know, having one goal, an entire mm. species, one goal – and you have infinite time and unlimited resources with which to try to achieve that goal. Um, hmm. I just think that's that's fascinating. Um, that you know, I, I like the idea of a species like that. I wish they weren't so, um, you know, so uh, bad. <laughs> I wish they weren't so menacing. But uh, <laughs> it'd be nice if they were just sort of out there trying Such to do that. Jerks. It's kind of what humanity is trying to do for themselves, but without, you know, assimilating cultures. They all, you know. <laughs> Not so unified, but their goal was, like we said, the, ben- the the betterment of humanity in general, right? That's kind of every yeah. every twenty fourth yeah. century human's goal. They're just doing right. it without you know ripping through people's necks. So you know. <laughs> but no, that's a, that's a quick one. The Borg. Yeah, that's my number. Yeah, six. Sure. I mean, what else can you say about the Borg? Really, really right? that we haven't said already, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, my number six. The Bajora. Oh, nice. The Bajora. I have Bajorins written here. Of course. But I'll use my new knowledge. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yeah, we, 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 you know, yeah, we talked a good deal about them already. It's just very cool that, uh, that they're th- this, this ancient advanced civilization, um, as, as we talked about. And they're actually, uh, what stands out for me, aside from just being, um, some of the major characters or, you know, specifically Kira, um, in Deep Space Nine, but is that they are, they're, they're a prominent in the series, in, in the series, plural, a prominent race, uh, and they're advanced, uh, techni- technologically, uh, you know, they have warp obviously, sure. uh, et cetera, but they're also religious. Um, uh-huh. I don't know that we have, we have, uh, any, any, any other species that's as prominent as, as the Bajorans? Um, Not to that extent. That kind of have this. Agreed, right? Right, that have this, like, this, like, like this re- religion that's, like, just widespread in their, in their society and, and, and crucial to their society. Yeah, totally. That's um, a good point. I mean, I suppose, there's, I suppose there's probably a few, like, minor species here and there they encountered, you know, on Voyager, say, or something that was, like, oh, yeah, all dedicated course, to yeah. something. But, yeah, I mean, as far as well-known species yeah. in the Trek scope, yeah. That's a good point. And ones that are are not pre-warp, you know. Uh, right. Usually the, all the pre-warp species they come right, across almost right. are, That's the real point. without exception, you know, believe in like the supernatural and and gods and whatnot, but um hard to do yeah, that. Yeah, so good that, call. Th- th- they stand out as 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 a as a post-warp civilization um that's like that. Wow. And you know like we talked about um the religion actually has a very concrete and tangible basis in, in reality <laughs> right. um, unlike a lot of religions so maybe that's uh you know maybe that's why um that that's the case for them that they are so religious but uh yeah and just just uh just the whole idea of um the maquis is just badass 
And you mentioned already when, when Ensign Rowe kind of uh, abandons Picard's uh, friendship, so to speak, to join the McKee, mm. because basically um, the Federation just ain't cutting it. No, um, that's one of their so big failings. That's, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, you don't see that every day, um, as it were, in, in Star Trek. Um, but the Federation, you know, historically is just always portrayed as, as uh, pretty damn good. So true. Um, at everything they do. You know, it's funny. Oddly enough, so, like, I I don't associate the Maquis with the Bajorans per se. Um, they certainly love the Maquis and support them, and a lot of the a lot yeah, of Bajorans are yeah. part of the Marquis. Uh, the, the Marquis. They're on, they're on they're on movie, movie <laughs> posters. They're they're part of the yeah. Maquis. But um, you know, in general, you know, again, the Maquis created on Next Generation is really just you know, um, mostly humans on the Cardassian border who sort of started the Maquis, right? So that's a very good point. Yeah. So uh, you know, and 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 you know, obviously being completely anti-Cardassian, you know, Bajorans are going to are going to be, you know, like I said, into the Maquis, you know, and support them whether, you know, right. openly or not, but uh but no, I mean that that's well, I guess that's, that's why true. I do associate the the Bajorans right. with 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 the Maquis. Right, and that's what um, that's a good point. And I actually kind of forgot that it wasn't like um, like uh a majority kind of Bajoran uh from. Yeah, right. It was really so. It was it was uh, really the humans on the Cardassian border when they realigned. Yeah, the, I remember they, that now. Did, did yeah, the treaty over and they sort of realigned the borders. You know, some right, Cardassians right. were stuck on the Federation side, and some you know Federation were stuck on the Cardassian side, and they kind of got abandoned. Yeah, but again, Federation yeah. being all species, not just not just humans. Um, and I'm sure there were some Majorans mm-hmm. living on there. So yeah, I mean, there's, tangentially, yeah. I think I've always associated with that with the Maquis, but not like not not so quite so directly. But so that, that's a good point. Hmm. All right, my number five. Um, see, I, I did go obvious with these. Um, so the Vulcans. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Species three, two, five, nine. Can't get much more obvious than that. You cannot. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's true. Just, just in general, right? If you were to ask, um, the average, you know, non-Star Trek fan to name a Star Trek species, it's going to be either Klingon or Vulcan, right? Um, yep. no one's saying mm-hmm. Grizellas, are they? Um, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I gotta pick up the Grizellas real quick. So we talked about the Grizellas. The yeah. Grizellas were the yeah. bear like species, I suppose, who hibernates. Yes. Yes. That's that's you know what? <laughs> Nothing more needs to be said. Moving on. The, the, the Grizellas, my god. Agreed. All right. So the Vulcans. So yeah, so these guys, we all know Vulcans. Um, you know, no need to go into it. But the reason I, I sort of like the idea of being, you know, a Vulcan or just I like that that species so much is the the peaceful, serene life. Um, you know, these guys mm-hmm. are totally at peace man they're totally zen like you know i fly off the handle every day you know if i'm driving if the met's loose like forget about it like I, I'm, I'm throwing remote controls at the tv like i'm i'm so bad and i've gotten better let's say that i've, I've gotten better yeah. in the last like 10 yeah. years but you know I, I i got a temper i got these outbursts the idea of just being able to let things roll off your sh- i mean i work in customer service too you know as one of my jobs. So, yeah. you know, yeah. that's, uh, you know, <laughs> the idea of letting things roll off my shoulder would be fantastic. Um, so yeah. that would be great. Yeah. The intellectual aspect of the Vulcan culture is really amazing. These guys are so damn smart. I love it. They devote such time mm-hmm. to just their studies and just, you know, they're so respected by the universe really as like these, you know, yeah. these intellectual, you know, sort of peaceful people. Um, in some ways, it's amazing they've lasted as long as they have, being so sort of passive, uh, with such aggression out there. Um, but uh, but right. they also got the tech to back it up, and they got the smarts to back it up. So they 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 take care of themselves. 
I love that. Yeah. I also love the fact that every seven years, it's a freaking Mardi Gras. Like, I love the fact that every seven years, <laughs> they can just pawn far All that away. goes out the window. Oh, they don't even screw it, man. So you can, if, even if you hate being Vulcan, just wait another five years. <laughs> we are going to get it on. Guys, trust me. Just keep keep studying. Keep studying. When we hit Key West, it's going to be bonkers. Trust me. Because that, that's that's where they're going. They're going either to, either to oh, New Orleans or I mean, Key West. Obviously. Why would they not? Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. They want to get away from the rocky, windy terrain of I don't know what the terrain is really like on Vulcan. I guess I do, but uh, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I've never been there. Is what I'm saying. So I don't want to speak ill oh, okay, of a place I've enough, never been. Enough. But uh, yeah. Okay. So I imagine they would enjoy the sun of Key West and just the uh, the culture of uh, of New Orleans. So every seven years they get to go nuts. So that's awesome too. Um, yeah, so the, you know, it's nice. the Vulcans. What more needs to be said? Um, as for I, I, for my part, anyway, um, that, that's my number five. Go Vulcan. All right, go Vulcan. Go, go, go Vulcan or go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to go Vulcan All for right. my number five. Don't do that. Mine is the El Orians. Nice, um, nice Guinan species. Of course. Um, yeah. So uh, they were. Um, they're a species of a very wise and ancient uh species and civilization um they just go around the galaxy just just um kind of i guess mostly i assume going undercover at least in uh at least when they go to well pre-warp civilizations they definitely do yeah uh i would imagine but they just go around just listening listening to 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 other species tell their stories and that's pretty uh, damn cool, actually. Whatever else is there, there's going to come out of their mouth. You know, you never know what's going to come out of these idiots' mouths. So <laughs> they just sit there and patiently take it. These <laughs> <laughs> idiots' mouths. That, that's um, true. A race of psychiatrists, uh, really. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I don't know their Borg um, species designation. Uh, I don't think they have one. But they were... Um, uh, the Borg did assimilate their their people Absolutely. Uh, at one point, and I don't know when it was. I always wondered this, and uh, well, I guess too lazy to look it up and try to look into yeah, it. I'm but sure um, it's somewhere out there, yeah. I don't know so I mean, in okay, I just know it was, I was years ago. I mean, certainly long enough time for them to emotionally get over it, right? I guess so. Well, I mean, so my question is: in generations, the movie. Um, we basically have this uh, the the ship. Oh, hold of, on! No, no that's um, it. You're right. You answered it. They were fleeing. They were fleeing the Borg. The Borg. They were okay. They, they were sure Orion refugees, right? Of course. They God, were refugees. I remember that. Yep, but yeah, yep, yep, I yep, yep, couldn't yep. remember if uh, if they were just kind of you know long term refugees and the you know they were fleeing the Borg from centuries ago. You know what I mean? Like just like I, mean, I guess, I guess that's true. They them. didn't say, "Hey, they, these guys just attacked." I mean, they were in the nexus, yeah. so they were all blurry. Yeah. And, you know, they weren't really thinking straight. Right. So I guess it yeah, could so have been, yeah. been. I mean, who knows how long they were? They were traveling. You know, so yeah. so it was. So from Guinan's perspective on the Enterprise D, it was about a hundred years ago. You know, right? Because right. this is the right. Enterprise uh, B's time. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they they were. So that that's an interesting interesting thing. I never actually thought about that, but I guess we answered our own question, right? I guess so. I'm still I'm still uh, I'm not well, sold. About a hundred years not sure. before 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 Q flung the Enterprise to sort of meet them for the first time, the Enterprise D. Right for humans to yeah the Federation to meet them for the first I'm time. I'm comfortable saying that. I think that's good. Yeah, you feel cozy about it. I kind of do. So okay. let, let's go. Let's keep All it right. there. 
Let's go. Let's go with it. <laughs> well, so to throw a wrench in that, though, oh, kind of not necessarily a wrench, but um, so in Times Arrow, of course, we have Guinan on 19th century Earth, yeah. San Francisco. So that answers another question I've kind of had and, and just thinking about the last few days. Um, they were they were going around the galaxy before um, they were kind of like refugees and, and uh, you know, mostly decimated or assimilated by, by the you know, Borg. I yeah, I think you nailed it. I, I, I don't think the fact that the Borg attacks changed their style, their lifestyle. I, I think they were always right, like that, right. right? I feel like Gaina was Apparently like on, not. Yeah. on her like on her um, her first sort of foray into, you know, her, her mission, so to speak, if you want to keep, yeah, keep yeah, the religious, yeah. um, you know, t- uh, theme going. Yeah, so right. you know, she, she was, she was you know, sent out into the world to kind of do her you know her her first studies, and I guess humanity was was you know what she what she chose or what she got Next. assigned. I mean, yeah. we, we don't know so little about it. Who knows? I mean, it's right, so true. We've met so we met yeah. you know uh, Soren and Guinan and maybe mm-hmm. one a couple others really that we've even I don't even know. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know I, if we've I, met another Elorian besides those two. N- really, I don't think with I remember Soren. What's that? Uh, with, with speaking roles, you know, we saw a oh, lot of the right, refugees right. on the <laughs> on the ship. But. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But uh, yeah, no, I remember Sarn like a bit very, um, very intriguing that he was uh, the same species. I mean, I don't even. I, I'm well. I know I did not know her species name before that movie. No, nobody did. Um, nobody did. Okay. No, I, I think All it was right. that was when we learned what her species was. Okay, right. Yeah. So I don't know if we ever see any others. This uh, this episode is is uh, chock full of us not knowing shit. Well, I'll tell you what. Like I was thinking about this a lot. You know, so. So you know we were, were we're upfront about this, folks. You know we we we're not experts for sure. We're just we're just two two you know dudes who love the show, love talking about it, um, and we're sort of learning as we go. Like I like the idea that 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 you know we're gonna we're gonna you know think about things we never thought about before. We're gonna try to you know um, come up with the reasons why we like the show so much, and part of it is the, the discussion. Part of the reason why we're using the top ten list to frame. Just a, a discussion is for yeah. that reason because yeah. you know if we if just both of us knew stuff. everything and every fact then what would we talk about you know we just be debating the tens really <laughs> is what we'd be doing number six <laughs> BS you know it's never you know so it's a work in progress we wouldn't say BS if it was real life we'd say bullshit so I don't know why I, I said BS because we're friends and we can we can say that to each other so I think so I think so but hey man you know like, like I said there are certainly gaps in my knowledge. Um, there are things I know well in the Trek first. There are things I don't. You know, same goes for you. A lot more goes for me. That, but then again, again, that's not so. from lack of earnestness. That's that's a memory thing. That, <laughs> thank you for for pointing it out again. No, no doubt. Again, my, I'm my, telling you because you forgot why you didn't. You forgot why you didn't know. <laughs> so I had to remind. No, you. I know. I'm being I'm being <laughs> sincere. Thank you. <laughs> Friendship over. <laughs> okay. Bye. That's my number five. My number four, the Klingons. Keeping it mm-hmm. real. Got to keep it real. Mm-hmm. And again, what yeah. can I say about the Klingons that that we haven't already said or that you know the rest of you listening um, haven't already thought about? So the Klingons aren't afraid of anything. All right? They're not yeah. afraid to do yeah. anything. They're, uh, they're driven by honor, which, you know, I got to say I'm a big fan of. Um, you know, even yeah. the Jem'Hadar, some of them had honor, even though they were sort of programmed. Like, they would mm-hmm. break... The rules out of honor every once in a while. Yes, um, yes. which I loved um, about mm-hmm. them. So honor is a big deal. Um, so they're an honor-driven culture. They have a rich cultural history. I mean, we've learned so much about the Klingons. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to go into it all. But so much. 
the political intrigue and sort of the, uh, the, the, the honor culture alone is enough to, to make anybody interested in this species. Um, they yeah. have faith. They also have faith like the Bajorans, right? I mean, they believe in, you That's know, true. in, in Kayla, Stovacor. They believe in, in all of these, the same concepts that many other religious peoples believe in. Um, so the Klingons are, you know, they're, they're just simply, they, they know how to have fun. They know how to get serious, you know. Again, they're not afraid of anything. Um, I have, for some reason, this quote is in my head. There was one time, I don't remember why Worf said it. <laughs> but Klingons seem to have, you know, there's no greater enemy than blank, right? So they say that a lot. There's no greater enemy than fear. There's no greater enemy yeah. than, you know. Worf actually once said, I swear to God, unless I dreamt it, he said, there's no greater <laughs> enemy than hunger. He actually said that one. <laughs> I swear to God. I can't remember the it's concept. It's so true. But it's, it's so true. It's, 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 it's not wrong. As soon as I said Klingons, it just shot to my head. I don't know why, so I had to put that out there. <laughs> Last thing about the Klingons, they must have some freaking crazy balls out awesome sex. I mean, it just must be, they must just, oh. just balls to the wall, whatever, you know, whatever goes, goes. <laughs> Literally? Um, I mean, I have to, right? I mean, I, there's no rules. Like, there can't be any rules. Yeah. With Klingon. We've yeah. seen glimpses of what Klingon sex yeah. looks like. Yeah. And humans, non-Klingons, just trying to hang on for the ride. <laughs> so I think uh, I think that's that's fun too. Um, so yeah, so the Klingons, <laughs> a lot of fun. Bow all laughs, these guys. <laughs> My number four. That's great. <laughs> um, not afraid to uh, blow a hole, uh, phaser hole through through the view uh, screen either. <laughs> <laughs> they, well, at least Warp isn't anyway. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the Starfleet training. If if it, if he was on a Klingon ship, he might have tried to batleth the view screen and see what happens. <laughs> awesome. Uh, God bless him. <laughs> uh, number four, the Changelings. Ooh, nice. AKA the Founders. The founders. AKA Odo's kin. <laughs> um, yeah, just just again, uh, I guess I came. You know, in hindsight, I came um, consciously or not at my list a lot from just like appreciation for the writing of, of these species and, and, and the characters. Um, uh, so just, just the idea of the, of the changelings is just awesome. So first of all, with Odo, um, the first changeling we meet and he's the only changeling that he knows. And the only changeling that anyone in the alpha quadrant, uh, really knows. Um, Indeed. I guess I'm, it's safe to say, um, doesn't know where he comes from. Um, doesn't know who he is, you know, or why he can do what he can do, but, um, but just him alone, it was just just a fascinating sci-fi character. Um, you know, he's a shapeshifter, and his natural state is just a um, an urn full of golden goo, I guess. Yeah, um, the gelatinous. So state, we, right? right. So, so when he finally comes across his uh, native species in uh, the uh, in the Beta Quadrant, um, Gamma, it's uh, Gamma. Yeah. Right. So when he comes across his native species in the Gamma Quadrant, I yep. knew it was a Greek letter. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> How'd you know that? The, uh, <laughs> 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 memory's not that bad. Um, it's just, just, just amazing uh just such an intriguing uh uh backstory to and and current stories so to speak as we're watching the show um for sure and that, they, held it for three uh, they just exist which is great yeah they kept yeah. that mystery alive for a while and it was kind of like it was they one really of the did. one of the things they tried to sell the show with i remember when the when the when the right before the pilot aired they had these commercials 
and one that would sort of show Odo's face and, you know, he has no idea where he's from or something like that, you know. That was oh, one wow. Of the, one of the things they, they pitched the show with, you know, with uh, Odo's, the mystery of oh. Odo's origins. That's very cool. And so I wonder so. if at that point they, um, I wonder if that point they had an idea of where they were going to go with it or they just wrote it as a mystery and, and figured it out. My guess that later. early on, I, my guess would be no, but they do have the Bibles for these shows, right? They do write these Bibles right. out and they have right. these backstories fleshed out. Like, so who knows? Um, you know, Lord knows we give the Trek creators and writers a lot of credit. Um, yes. But I mean, they didn't have to um, have it all fleshed out, you know, not, not at that point anyway. So I'm not sure. My guess would be no, yeah. like I said, but who knows? Yeah, mine too. Um, but yeah, so just just uh, when they when when he when he meets his uh, his species and and we meet them and just seeing what their deal is and how they exist uh, in in uh, the Great Link um, where yeah. they're just all their um, their gelatinous form and all together in like one big lake on their planet, um, kind of Borg like, really all sort of linked up. Yeah, sort of one very unit. true, right? Yeah, like they can't really understand what it's like to be individual uh, solids, mm. um, and that's what, if I remember correctly, that's why they sent out Odo and apparently others when they were young, uh, send them out into the galaxy to kind of live among the other species. Yeah, they did send others. Um, yeah, and he was yeah. Odo was what the last one to come back, right? There was because of the. Um, I think so. I guess yeah, the wormhole. Right. I guess you know he he went the right. furthest unintentionally. Right, right. Celestial um, temple. Sorry. No, whatever you want to call it. For the Bajora. I call it just the big, the big rip. <laughs> the, the big, big rip. rip. <laughs> the space slit. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not call it that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, just, just very, very cool concept. Um, and I love how we just, um, uh, over the following seasons, just through Odo, um, learn more and more about their ways and, 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 and how they, uh, exist with each other. And of course the twist at the end of, I guess is at the end of the first episode where we meet them. Um, or maybe the first story arc where we meet them is that they are the founders of the dominion. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's awesome too. Yeah, uh, very cool. Very cool storytelling. No doubt. So yeah, I'm gonna roll right into my number three because it's also the yeah. changelings. Um, oh, perfect. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, so you, you said a lot of great stuff. I mean, it's so cool, right? So you know, uh, we met them. We met Odo in, in you know, the pilot of DS9. Uh, you know, really cool. Oddly enough, not the first shapeshifter we we've met on Star Trek, but certainly the first changeling. Um, mm. You know, I was reminded of. Uh, I, I, I'm sure I'm forgetting some, but I know the Alasa morphs in the next generation, uh, next generation episode, the dolphin, you know, Wesley's little girlfriend who was actually a monster. Oh, right. Um, right. So they were right. shapeshifters. Um, yeah. So, well, we also see shapeshifter in, uh, undiscovered country. Are you right? We sure do. Yeah. Iman. On the right. prison planet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, Iman, yeah, right, so, yeah. So, but like you said, they're changelings. So we're not doing shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. We're doing changelings. And yeah, right. so they could be that anything. specific species. Uh, which is cool for all shapeshifters. But the changelings could be anything. They created this vast empire, the Dominion. We talked about that already. Um, they, but they fought back against the solids, much like the Ba'ul, right, that you were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. You know, they kind of rose up and, uh, you know, sort of took, uh, you know, d- decided that, hey, you know what? We're never going to – that's never going to happen to us again. So we're just going to control mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> the Dominion is going right. to control the universe. Because we're right. so afraid of solids, so that's that's really really an interesting concept. 
Um, very much so. So yeah, so so uh, you know they're 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 very cool. With this. So at the end of yeah, at the end of season three, we we you finally get that changeling arc, you know where um you know we like you said that great reveal at the end of I want to say at the end of the search part two, which was the believe it or not the second episode of the third the the uh, third season. Um, so was, yeah, right. That was very early. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so right. early. Yeah. So that was because uh, the Gemindar was the finale of the second season, and then the search parts mm-hmm. one and two. So yeah. So that's I mean, you know, the, the Omarian Nebula and him being drawn to that, and like, oh, it was so great, mm-hmm. like such a great mystery there, and they kind of, and I said three seasons, but it was only two seasons when they finally paid it off. Yeah. Um, right. But no, it's, it's great, great idea, you know, um, of just the changelings in general being the founders. Um, so cool. So cool, yeah. So that's, Very cool. you said most of it. So yeah, Changelings, my number three. My number three. Your number three? The Borg. The Borg, nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we didn't say much about him, um, but again. No, I did not. I mean, they're, they're, they're basically like the biggest of the big bads in Star Trek, right? It became that, right? Yeah, uh, I'd agree. Yeah, I mean, sure, the, 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 the Klingons and then the Romulans um, early on, but, but the Borg... And I, I'm pretty sure they went into the next generation, uh, the series. The writers went into it. Um, I think we've talked about this a little bit, actually. Knowing that they were going to have this 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 big bad uh, that they were going to reveal kind of slowly um, over time. And you pointed out that at the end, uh, at the uh, the season finale of the first season, mm. um, the neutral zone, um, we never actually find out. Who destroyed the uh, the outpost that, right. that um, the Federation and the Romulans were trying to figure out? Um, and I don't think they knew. I'm assuming they didn't know who the writers did not didn't know what the Borg were or that they were called Borg even or anything. But that 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 was kind of uh, I think we figured it out. We're, we we completely figured it out. Uh, we're the only ones who ever figured that out. <laughs> the fans, Live, the fans on jumped air. on that right away. They were like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was the Borg. So it's one of the coolest like theories i heard about back in the day yeah that is cool um but yeah like you said <laughs> what can you say about the yeah. Borg? i mean it just they had to just be on the one list. of the most they had to be yeah. even though i was trying to stay away from the obvious ones right, um right. they still made my number three um yeah they're just uh just what an original concept for for a villain for for a species Totally. Uh, even in Star Trek, which is just chock full of original concepts. And I didn't even consider the um, idea for this list. I didn't even consider it like, like the game changers. You know what I mean? Like that mm. would have been an interesting way to look at it. You know, the species yeah. that changed the game for the Star Trek universe. I mean, right, right. is there anyone bigger than the Borg that really like, changed the, the landscape of the entire Star Trek universe really more than any other right. species? I mean, could, could you even think of a more alien um, in, in, in every sense of the word? Uh, mm. Kind of uh, antagonist for 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 not just not just the Federation, every other species in the entire galaxy. Yeah, um, whether they know it or not, yeah, right. Indeed, um, they're coming one way or another. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you, you think of uh, the Klingons, of of course, uh, the Vulcans, the Romulans, of being aliens, very alien, right? Um, but then you come, then they come along with 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 this concept, and it's like. Okay. Everyone else is like on equal footing now compared oh, to these guys. The cube ship and the this these, these you get that you yeah. get that you get that Trans-warp. unnerving fear of like 
the robot, right? Like the robot that has no mm. feelings, that can't hear your mm-hmm. your your pleas. You can't, you know, they have no empathy for you at all. So they're just going to kill you. It's like you get that unnerving fear, yeah. but combined with all the other sort of horrors of what the Borg are, you know, it's 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 really <laughs> right. unnerving. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and we've, we've we mentioned this before too. I think on our first episode, we we're talking about movies, but in First Contact, they were they were terrifying. They're hard. Uh, they were horrifying when they board the ship that, that was that was a horror movie scene no no doubt about it when they first came yeah out. yeah that, that was like a zombie movie except you know they're moving slower mm-hmm. but they're just more efficient like that really that, that's, right. that was that was a horrifying few moments there it was like wow this is kind of scary yeah yeah totally i guess that's all i got to say about them cool hey, I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll come yeah. up again in another top 10 somewhere <laughs> we'll see all right my number two let's get down to it let's get down to this my number two yeah. is the Q. Yo, come on, the Q. Right. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, I, I had to have these guys on there. And again, I, you know, who wouldn't want to be omniscient, omnipotent, you know, <laughs> do anything, know everything? Like, who Like who wouldn't Who wouldn't want to just be able to travel back to the Big Bang, check it out? Then you go, yeah, look, look <laughs> at, uh, you know, let me see, uh, you know, Columbus sailing across, you know, and, and, you know, you, you, <laughs> could, you could visit any species, any world, anywhere in the universe. Um you know, juggle concepts Anytime. of time, space. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it just does not matter. Yeah. Um, do I want to be as bored as some of them in the Q Continuum were? <laughs> uh, that's probably why it's number two and not my number one. Um, <laughs> Good point. But yeah, I mean, who doesn't love John Delancey as Q? Who doesn't love the Q? Um, one of the best ever. Truly. I mean, and, and it's interesting that, like, the only the other Qs we've met aren't, you know, complete jackasses. Um, John <laughs> right. Delancey is, is, you know, Q is our fun jackass and we love him, but, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, Corbin Burnson and, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the guy who wanted to, you know, commit suicide and all these other Q that mm-hmm. we met, they're kind of just normal species. They take their jobs a little more seriously. Um, Q sort of the, the, dare I say, rascal of the Q, um, you know, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, it's the Q, like, you know, what more is to say? Like, you know, they, they can pop in and out wherever they want to, um, you know, just, just, an amazing idea, uh, almost too powerful. Almost you have to make them, you know, you got to make Q this sort of jokester. Otherwise, you know, uh, or, or Trelane mm-hmm. for that matter, you got to make Trelane sort of this, assuming Trelane mm-hmm. is an offshoot of like you know, the Q concept um, after the, you know, before the fact. Uh, right. You can't make them too serious because you'll never, there's, there's no way to stop them. You know, they'll, they'll just blink the universe out of existence and then the episode ends. And then, you know, where do you go next week? So, you know, Q's kind of got to be this jackass, you know, who sort of right. begrudgingly likes humanity but doesn't admit it kind of thing. Otherwise, you know, right. It, right. it's like it's sort of the, you know, uh, I don't read the Superman comics, but certainly the idea of Superman, you know, coming up with villains for him must have been really hard. You know, once you yes. create Superman, yeah. you know, how do you create – how do you uncreate that, you know, for the sake of story? Yeah. Uh, really yeah. interesting. So you know the way you right. do that with with a Q being is you know by making them giving them you know uh, vulnerabilities, giving them a little bit of you know a little bit of love for humanity, like Q ended up having at the end of you know Next Gen's run, that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. really interesting, really yeah. interesting species. I, I, I personally couldn't leave Q off the list. Um, I love Next Gen. Um, that's one of my you know one of my loves, and uh, Q was a big part of that from start to finish. So for sure, yeah, start to finish, literally, literally. So there yep. it is. My number two. Q. Cool. My number two, the Romulans. All right. Just what an like awesome twist on the Vulcans, right? Kind of like a mirror yeah. image, almost kind of a mirror universe version <laughs> of of the Vulcans. Right. 
Um, Minus the goatees. Yeah, just, just, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> well, not all of them. Maybe some of them. <laughs> right, right. No, they're all clean shaven, aren't they? Pretty much. I don't in, remember in seeing facial anyway. hair, but. Yeah. Interesting. All right, I'm going to look into that. I'll be right back. Spock did have a beard. Okay, I'm back. So you feel he like. He did in the mirror universe. Oh, did, didn't, oh you mean. Didn't oh, Ethan right. Peck also have one on Discovery? Yes, of course. Yeah. So DNA wise, it can be grown, I guess, then. Yeah. It might be According a different to, romulus to grow it, but. Yeah. Who knows? Very important things uh, <laughs> dissecting here. Um, Sorry. <laughs> that's it, I that's derailed you again with my, with my Romulan beard <laughs> theory. <laughs> Gets me every time. Every time. Damn it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I mean, so what's cool is, and again, I don't know the answer to this, but um, and we've talked about this before in previous episodes, whether or not uh, Romulans, uh, when they were first appeared in the original series, if they were already, you know, uh, the writers had in mind that they would be related to the Vulcans, and obviously they had it in mind um, because Spock actually says something to the effect like, oh, I want, you know, uh, he, he kind of conjectures that maybe they have a shared ancestry. Oh, wow. Um, so they didn't know that at the time. Interesting. But again, did, right. I, I mean, mean, the writers, like the writers might have, but they clearly, they wrote Spock to not have known yet. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so gotcha. that's, that's fascinating to me too. When I learned that like years later hmm. that uh, they didn't, they had no idea, um, you know, in, in universe, in, in the show. Uh, that Romulans and Vulcans were related, um, which is just fascinating to me, especially because Vulcans think of them as being such a uh, long-lived, technologically advanced civilization that they and would, intellectually, for that matter, yeah, right, right, that they would they would know about this, um, and the Romulans too, if not as obviously, but so that was that was very cool. And uh, another thing um, I learned much later is that. Uh, and we kind of touched on this before uh, in previous episode, but that Romulans were, were never seen uh, during the the Romulan and Earth War. Um, right. You mentioned that. Like humans never saw what they ever even looked like. Um, it wasn't until um, the original series when, uh, you know, they see uh, actually <laughs> Sarek, but it's not Sarek. Yeah, Balance of Terror, um, right. You know, same actor, but um, so, so just fascinating that... It wasn't until then that they saw them. And then they didn't see them. I think that was probably the only time anyone ever saw Romulans, uh, you know, face-to-face, so to speak, over a view screen at least, until, uh, yeah, until the uh, next generation. Is that right? Okay, when, yeah. And uh, they're back. I'm in season I two so. of my original series watch, so I don't know. I was kind of hoping to see them again. Okay. But maybe not, yeah. Yeah, let me know. And then as far as not, right, and, and then they went another 50 years. Uh, after the neutral zone was established, before they saw him again, right? So I mean, exactly. such, such, such right. just just shrouded in mystery. Yep. These Romulans, yeah, so cool. And so, almost in a way, it's almost uh, kind of a letdown in hindsight that they become so non-mysterious uh, mm. over the course of of Next Generation. Um, mm. I guess primarily, especially with Tomala um, sort of yucking it up a little bit, kind of became sort of a joke after a while. <laughs> he was by the by the final episode, really. Yeah. You know, he was kind of like absolutely. You know, yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of that's that's kind of sad to me, like thinking about that right now because they were so, like you said, shrouded in mystery. They were just just very cool. Well, they they were really cool again on on DS Nine too. Um, you know, yeah, they yeah. They, they, they they got their seriousness back. Uh, if if Tomaluck undid that's it, true. In uh, <laughs> in Next Gen, uh, yeah, especially in, even by the end, by season uh, six and seven, that they, they were they were badasses again. Um, I, yeah, I mean, they true. they ended up joining, you know. 
on our side in the Dominion War, which is, you know, pretty mm-hmm. damn cool. Mm-hmm. So we got to see them yeah. a lot, um, you know, towards the end of DS9's right. run. So they, they, I, I like the Romulans too. It's, it's, uh, it didn't completely devolve into, uh, away, away from the, the serious <laughs> mystery. Yeah. Yeah, they could have. Um, you're right. That's quick, good point. Uh, quick little check story about, uh, Mark Leonard. So I, um, when I went to see 2009's Star Trek, uh, we didn't go opening night. We went the Saturday. It opened Friday. We went Saturday. And they had had, uh, they were doing trivia before the movie started. You know, they were trying to, you know, it was a cool little thing. So they were giving out prizes. And the only question that the people couldn't answer the night before was what actor was the first to play a Romulan, a Vulcan, and a Klingon? And, oh, and I nice. guessed it right. Nice. Boom, it was Mark Leonard. Yeah. yeah. So I know that I got myself a free hat that I still have. Uh, a lot of fun. And it was the first uh, <laughs> the first uh, movie that I saw with my, uh, my now fiance, uh, Angel. Um, yes. yes. And she was completely unimpressed. And depressed at the same time. I mean, I'm sorry, completely, Wait, completely the- impressed and depressed at the same time. Like she was, she's like, oh my god, wow. you knowing the answer to that? Yeah, she loved that I knew the answer yeah, yeah. to it. But I think at the same time, like she, she wasn't interested in seeing the movie. She loved it after she saw it. But you know, she, right. her concept right. of Star Trek was you know whatever she had heard, or you know she didn't really know much about it. Um, so she's like, wow, he, he really knows a lot about this stuff. Um, and he answered the question. That's great. Got a free hat, but uh, I'm still sitting in a Star Trek movie. So. Uh, you know, but she ended up loving it. She actually, I mean, we, and she the loves the Kelvin timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's she's into it. Maybe someday I can get her to watch, uh, you know, some of the uh, original timeline, but we'll see. Mm, we'll see. Yeah, you know. We'll see, indeed. So, yeah, so, um, good one. Your number two. My number two. So my number one, we've already said it, is the trill, believe it or not. I, I was. Oh, wow. I know. I, I was just as surprised as you are now. Um, <laughs> so. So here's why. So, you know, you mentioned a lot of great things about the Trill. Um, you know, they're introduced in, in Next Gen Season 4, the episode, The Host, um, you know. So, yeah, they got these lifetimes of memories, right? They have this sensation of being joined with another species. Um, we know so little about their overall history, right? We don't know much about, like, their political history or their um, any right. warfare or anything like that. True. So I'm – again, I'm still shocked that it's on my list. But what I'm really thinking about it, like, I love – just that idea, both from a species standpoint, you know, in, in this universe, but also from like like a sci-fi writing standpoint. Like, you know, how many great stories did DS9 mine, let alone, you know, the, the one story in, in Next Gen, you know, from just the idea of, of having like this, this, this um, you know, just say Jadzia with, with the symbiote or with, you know, you know, Esri Dax or Curzon Dax or... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just such an intriguing idea. And I'm not going to lie, yeah. it reminded me a lot of Multiple Man. It reminded me a lot of Madrox. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd send nice. out his dupes nice. to the world, and then when he reabsorbed them, right. he would have their memories and their talents and all that, you know? Um, Excellent so, point. so it did remind me of that a lot. So I, I'd be a big fan of, you know, the X Factor. So, so uh, you know, but, but the Trill are such an intriguing species. And you know what? Before, when you were talking about how, you know, not. Uh, not every trill can be joined. Well, we learned that that's not necessarily true. You know, in um, in uh, in the Equilibrium episode of DS9's third season, you know, when um, Jaren Balar sort of came out and was haunting Dax, you know, a, an, right. an old host right. she didn't know existed. Um, we right. kind of learned that right. the trill governments kind of kept that secret that there are more trill who can be joined. Um, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so that so they got right. some. They got some stuff to work out there, so there's more. There's more yeah. there to mine, really. Like I would not mind seeing more. Like you mentioned, we will on Discovery's yeah, right. uh, fourth season. That would be really interesting to see more about the Trill. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, though, so now this is the this is the second 
character just created on Deep Space for one episode that was fleshed out into an entire character on Deep Space Nine. I think that's fascinating. So Ensign Rose Bajoran and, you know, I can't remember the ambassador um, from the host episode, but his, you know, his character of a trill got stretched out into into Dax and and beyond. I mean, the Bajorans and the trill are part of, you know, Lower Decks. They're part of Discovery, you know. So, so, I mean, these these two one-shots, you know, have become these fleshed out characters. Um, I really think that's interesting. Uh, you know, man was next gen really soaring in, in, in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth season. You know, they were oh, really, yeah. really some of the best yeah. television of all time there. Um, firing on all cylinders. Absolutely. So that they gave us these Absolutely. characters. But, but in essence, the idea of being able to, you know, sort of never die in a way. Um, you know, yeah. I know the Q never die. I know the Changsling never die. Kind of, I mean, they can die, but they mm-hmm. don't die, you know, from old age. Um, yeah, you know, right. the trill hosts right. do, but the idea that, that, that your symbiont can live on and a part of you will always sort of live on in the next host. Really interesting, really fascinating to me. Um, really, so, yeah, really, uh, pretty awesome. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of what we as humans, you know, part of the reason procreation is such a drive with us as well. You know, yes, there's biological right. drives there, but there's also, you know, the idea of, you know, leaving a part of ourselves behind, you know, when we, yeah. I mean, I, I feel yeah. like I, th- I'm not making that up. I've heard that somewhere before, obviously, but I, it's, it stuck with me. And um, actually, <laughs> it was Next Generation. <laughs> it was, it was Data. It was, um, it was uh, the Brothers episode of season four when, uh, when <laughs> Dr. Data playing a staggering 85 roles was talking about... <laughs> Talking as Nuni and Soong to Data about right. why humans have children, and he mentioned that. Right. It, see, wow, that this is amazing. And he mentioned that that you know perhaps it's Great. a way you know to carry on and sort of, you know, sort of never die. You know, he was asking Nuni and Soong why he created him, and he right. said, "Well, for the same reason that humans have kids, you know, in some ways." Um, wow. See, how about that? Like, so there's an example right there, and I swear to God that 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 just happened in the moment, like. That's a part of, you know, Next Generation that I was watching growing up that stuck with me. And I didn't even, it was yeah. such a, you know, a thing, such a universal concept that I didn't even identify it as Star Trek in the moment just now. But, you know, it was always yeah. sort of there. That's that's amazing. Again, like I said. That's awesome. Next Gen, really, really firing on all cylinders. <laughs> seasons three, four, five, and six. I mean, the the, uh, the heyday of yeah. Next Gen, really. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I so, mean, that's. Yeah, that, that's why we do this. It, it, it's exactly why we do this. Awesome. Awesome. I, I love that that happened. Yeah. So yeah, so so the trill. Um I, I was surprised. I'm surprised, but they were uh, they were my number one. Yeah, especially given your uh not especially but 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 thinking about um your criteria. Um it actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, I wasn't thinking about that when you first said that they were your number one. That may be why. Just, uh, yeah, thinking I, I about realized like, what that's what I was you would like about. to kind of be Yeah. Totally. That's 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 awesome. Like it, it's it's a form of immortality that, you know. Humans have no idea if... Uh, and that's what Dana you know. said. I was trying to go over the words. That's what Dana said. You just nailed it. And you weren't even trying to. See? Perhaps it, it offers it, a sense of immortality. Me too. Oh, my God. So, yeah, you nailed it. Oh, that's great. That's so great. It's part of us. It really is. Guys, it really is. This is... this is. Wow. Oh, man. This is, it's so, so cool. I'm actually a little yeah. emotional. I'm not, not going to lie. That's really, really cool how that happens. I'm not... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I'm not... I'm not going to cry, Phil, but I... Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of see what you're saying, and we're out. No, believe me. This is our last episode. Bye. This is it. We've we've we've, we've accomplished what we wanted to accomplish. We're done. You've um you've embarrassed me. And I will not forget, however, that you did not say your number one yet, like I did with a certain bone cabinet jumping <laughs> the gun. So I leave you 
to you, number one. Yeah, that was great. Um, well, mine has also was in your list, and we already spoke about the Q continuum. Okay, yeah, it had to be high, right? Like the Q's got to be up there. Yeah, yeah. I was I wondering. Mean, you said you said so much. Um, uh, you know, there's not much. I mean, there's well, there's tons more to say, but I won't belabor it. Uh, just well, first of all, uh, what's ironic is that. They could, in some respect, you could think of them, um, you know, the creation of this species by the writers as like the ultimate, like cheap and lazy um, storytelling device. Huh. I mean, the, Q is is literally uh, a deus ex machina. Right? <laughs> yes, he definitely is. <laughs> um, I mean, literally, uh, the, the God in the machine just... Um, just, just driving literally, the plot along literally. and appearing out of nowhere. Um, you know, we talked about the Borg and what a game changer that was for all of Star Trek. Um, Q was the one who, who caused it, basically, for the Federation to, to encounter the Borg. Um, think about, think about the, the millions of deaths he's caused. Like, honestly. Yeah, billions. B- b- billions. Right, billions, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess in his mind that doesn't matter because eventually it would have been billions of other deaths like if it took them you know longer to reach the federation well, you but, nailed it i mean that, that that's the beauty of the queue right like they, they just yeah. they're not thinking along the same lines that we are you know they're thinking right. on, on a universal right. timeline where t- there is no time it's just right. you know yeah and there's no there's no cause and effect there's no there's no yeah. uh past present future it's just yeah it's 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 all one so in a way it's kind of a form of um nihilism like wh- how could you not be ni- uh nihilistic yeah. Um, just existing that way, right? I mean, I guess that's like, why the what rest matters? of them are depressed, what actually depressed matters? as hell. Yeah. It's not just ennui. <laughs> At least Q's just trying to have fun. Yeah. Um, with his with his boredom. Staying sane. Um, Q's the sane one. Think about that. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, yeah, so that's what... Uh, so, so uh, to be clear, I wasn't saying the writers are lazy. <laughs> but this is the <laughs> kind of thing that uh, a lazy writer could write for a given story to just kind of... <laughs> Um, hmm, we want this, uh, we want this villain to come out of nowhere. Why do we never encounter them before? Um, right. oh, it's because we have this, uh, godlike character that just happens in this episode to, you know, to introduce them, gotcha. uh, bring them together. Um, so anyway, um, and, and, you know, the other thing I'll just mention again that you touched on is, is just, uh, John, John Delancey as, as, oh. uh, I mean, he's, he's forgetting about the fact that he's basically a, a god, um, and his powers and, and motivations and, and everything, this and that, just the performance, the character is just, it's such, such a joy. Insanely it's fun to a, watch. Yeah. One of the I mean, most charismatic. You can't not get excited. Ever. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you certainly must remember too, just, just when next gen was originally airing, um, and you'd watch it as it aired and the cold open at the very end, you, you see Q like flash into existence and mm-hmm. how excited how so excited, excited would you get right i you're just seeing the commercial for it you know this week on star trek the next generation you know <laughs> right right q just yeah just beeps in and hey you know, it is it is mexican get up or something you know it's just, you don't care you're like oh q episode i'm in right right Dude, like, I, 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 I was watching i was watching um uh true q uh, where uh, Amanda Rogers is the human who comes to the Enterprise to do her studies, and turns out she's a Q. Oh right. So, so there. So Q's like th- this is the stage of Q where he's sort of like a uh, 
uh, a chum. You know, he's not like the, they're pretty sure he's not going to just blink them out of existence anymore. But <laughs> they still don't like him. You know, so it's sort of like you know, just sure. dude sleeping on your couch is, hasn't you know hasn't time to get out, time to go. You know, so so he's he's in the in the conference room and it's him, Crusher, Picard, and he says something. <laughs> he says something about cro- procreation. <laughs> and as he says, he looks at Crusher and just winks at her. <laughs> she literally rolls her eyes. I, I, I'm sure I'd seen it every time I'd watched the episode before, but the way he did it was oh so god. smarmy. It was so oh like, my god. so like, so base. And you know, he had to look at the like he looks at the woman and blinks his eyes like it was so chauvinistic. <laughs> but the way she reacted, right, for, for, <laughs> she was so exasperated. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. It's so great. No, it's it's so great. Cute. I mean, he's just yeah. like John Delancey. Like you said, what a what a charismatic yeah. performance. What, what a great take. Mm-hmm. Just just a pleasure to to experience every time. Because that's on the page to some degree, I'm sure. But I mean, he must have taken it to, sure. to the to the next level. Yeah, especially after you know more than a few appearances as the character. Oh yeah, yeah, great. Not a good yeah, one. So the Q Q had to be up there. You know, who are we kidding? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's it. Nobody. That's it. That's all you got. That's all I got. <laughs> no, uh, no honorable mentions, right? <laughs> We're going to throw out the, uh, you know, there were too many. There are too many honorable mentions to mention. So too many. Mention. Yeah, there couldn't. How could you even just? I mean, you know, then it would be a top fifteen or a top twenty. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got to so. keep 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 it short. All right. So there. That that's all we got for you. Listen. Thanks so much yeah. for listening. This is a lot of fun. It's always a lot of fun. We're going to come at you soon with another episode. But in the interim, uh, let us know how we're doing. You can, you can check us out on Instagram, Star Trek Warp Top 10 Podcast, or hit us up on Twitter at STWARP10. Um, yeah. And uh, we, will, we will be seeing you, uh, seeing you soon. Luke, got anything else, buddy? You. Ah, oh, he's got me. Take care, everybody. Peldor Joy. Peldor Joy.